Gentlemen, do you feel it? Do you feel the power? Mike, do you feel the power? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Anthony, the power. Do you feel it? Uh, yeah. Sure. Yeah, I feel the power. I'm Rob, and I feel the power. I feel the power of positivity and of nonsense. So today was the WWE Network special Beast in the East, starring Brock Lesnar. And uh, it was on very early in the morning. I actually woke up early enough to see it while it was still happening. And I wanted to recruit two people to go ahead and talk about this event as well. Of course, we have normal nonsense member Mike here. If you want Representing to the uh, OWN. Yes, for whatever reason. The reverse way. Yeah, for whatever reason you're reversed. And then I also have my neighborino from another borough, Anthony. Hey guys, I'm a longtime listener, first time caller. And, uh, <laughs> I, I wouldn't consider myself a master of nonsense, but definitely an apprentice. Your lord. So, Anthony, I guess my first question is age, sex, and location. <laughs> I am a 14 year old girl from New Jersey. <laughs> You're awfully mature for a 14-year-old girl, I'll say that much. Yeah, well, you know, we develop quick. It must be something in the water. <laughs> Settling those hormones. Uh, yeah, thank you for having me, guys. You know, I actually have to tell you, uh, when you first started recording these podcasts, I, I secretly wanted to be involved in one, but it was like one of those awkward situations where I couldn't ask to be a part of your show. So uh, I was pretty excited when you asked me to come on for an episode. And... Um, you know, I just want to tell you people listening at home, this really means that the podcast has jumped the shark. I mean, the, the, fact that these guys, the fact that these guys had to ask me to come on the show, this is like the beginning of season 12 of The Simpsons right now. I mean... <laughs> it's all fucking downhill. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, we have another uh, 14 years to go. So. Exactly. Exactly. What, what I'm happy about is no longer will Anthony be breathing awkwardly on Rob's front door, like, just listening in on us recording these things, so... Yeah, now I'll be able to come in the house rather than, you know, risk getting arrested from the outside. <laughs> and next time we'll, we'll have an official, you know, bullshit Masters of Nonsense headset for you, so... Yeah, yeah that will crap out right before we start recording. <laughs> no. Now, so, did both of yeah, you guys actually wake up at 5.30 in the morning to watch this garbage? I woke up at 5.30... And then looked at the TV, looked outside, and went back to sleep, and then woke up at 7. So it was technically still on while I was watching it, but I started it from the beginning at 7 o'clock. Uh, I have to be honest and say that I actually forgot that the special was going to be on. <laughs> <laughs> I had actually started watching last week's episode of NXT this morning when I got a text from Rob asking me if I had seen the special. And I was like, oh, shit! <laughs> So I, I threw it on around around 9.30. Uh, yeah, as far as I'm concerned, 5.30 in the morning doesn't exist on a Saturday. Yeah, I actually did wake up because my son started crying. And uh, I had no context of this event with my wife, so I handed her the little boy, and she was taking care of him. And then as I was getting back to bed, I was like, yeah, I'm supposed to watch a WWE event, but I'm going to bed. And she's like, what are you even talking about? <laughs> nice. 
I will say, it did feel good to wake up on a Saturday morning and have, like, a decent wrestling show to watch. Right, and also to not have to go to work, you know? Well, yeah, that was a great feeling as well. Yeah. And the fact that I watched this event in bed, so it was like I kind of rolled out of bed, or, like, mm. rolled over, grabbed the control, the remote, and turned it on and watched it from there. It was a great feeling. I just assumed you fell asleep with a remote in your hand. Oh, no, that didn't happen this time. But it would have saved a lot of time had you fallen asleep with the remote in your hand. Yeah. You, you could have just rolled over and clicked the button. Oh, there you go. So do you guys have any uh, general thoughts about the show? or? Um, I have a thought. Uh, had I known that Brock Lesnar was going to be wrestling Kofi, I would have woken up at 5.30 in the morning to watch it. <laughs> I didn't realize that they were going to have such a high-caliber match. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, we'll, we'll get into the matches later. What I felt like was uh, it was a good show in the sense that it was different from what we normally see on a network special, which is always like a blown-out pay-per-view. So the look and feel of it was cool. It, like, it felt like a live event that you're not supposed to be seeing, which I thought was uh, a very different from everything else. And then some of the matches were a lot better than I would have expected. And the commentary was a lot better because they weren't pushing all this random shit. There was no commercial breaks. There was no, like, oh, well, vote for this and do that and whatever. It was just, here's what's happening in the ring, and that's pretty much all we're talking about. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I actually liked the, the commentary quite a bit that it wasn't the normal showing of the app and the fact that they actually talked about wrestlers' past, different promotions. Like, they called the action and the moves. It was actually nice and refreshing. I agree, and uh, I like that you didn't have, you know, the, the typical uh, heel JBL and then babyface Michael Cole. Like, everyone was on the same page. They were just calling it. I actually heard the names of wrestling moves being called during the matches, which was refreshing. You know, you didn't have the, the announcers bickering with each other, and, and, you know, they still did the What's Trending worldwide. Yeah. But um, other than that, I, I enjoyed that. And uh, like you said, it did feel like a live event that was being televised. Uh, I, I liked that. Um, I liked that they didn't have all the fireworks and uh, you know all the bells and whistles of let's say a Monday Night Raw or a pay per view. It just felt like we were watching two hours of wrestling, and that was really cool. Yeah. So I, I guess what we can do we can run down the card real quick. Uh, the first match was Neville versus Jericho, which uh, I this was the first time that I'm like I'm listening to the commentary and they said Dragon Gate and I'm like holy shit they actually know what Dragon Gate is. And they were referencing how Neville wrestled there, which I thought was awesome. And then the fact that that match barely had any commentary, like they were only talking about moves, and that was it. The Later on, the matches, they started doing a little bit more of interjecting, but this one was very clean. Like, if you wanted to just watch it without commentary or anything, it would have been a perfect match for something like that. And it was a good starter match, too. Like, they, they were very much on point the whole time. Oh, yeah, I mean, both were great performers, and uh, like you said, it was just all just calling the match because there was no story. There was no feud between the two. You know, Jericho hasn't really performed on television in, in probably a year. I don't know the exact time frame, and Neville's a great performer, so it, it really worked for me. Great match. Actually, I didn't know Jericho was going to be on the card. I was in a different room when I started it, and his music hit, and I ran in. I'm, I'm always excited to see Jericho. 
<laughs> now, did you spill your cereal on the on the run back, or? No, I I was actually cleaning the cereal up from an earlier spill. That's why I wasn't in the You know, I hundred percent agree. What was interesting about the match is that since it had no story, they just pretty much focused on the action. And I was shocked when we actually heard like the difference between the walls of Jericho and the Lions Hammer called. Um, one thing I will say, though, that was a little bit weird about the match, like, I understand since Jericho's the veteran and, you know, Neville's the quote-unquote up-and-comer, but I felt like I was watching almost like a, a video game boss battle, and, like, you're playing the character of Neville, but you haven't souped up enough yet, he went to the end too quickly, because Jericho just kind of dominated the whole match. Yeah, he did. And it's funny, too, because, like, Neville, I don't remember seeing Neville win a match on TV yet, since he came up from NXT. Right. Yeah, but you don't have a cable, so that's why you don't see him win. <laughs> well, of course not. But it's just like, so, I always want him to win, but he never does. This would have been a cool he, one for him to actually, like, win. Yeah, and he always puts on a great performance nevertheless, but you're right. He always he always puts the other guy over, and in this case, God, I mean, Jericho's a part-timer. If that, he could have he could have put Neville over. I mean, he's a former NXT champion, for crying out loud. <laughs> right. You know? And then Jericho's oh, like winning one. Jericho looks like a fat bastard, too. Oh, my God. I, I saw him, and it was like, when is the baby due? I mean, have you been, have you, bro, have you been doing your DDP yoga? Because you talk about it on every podcast. You know, you're going to be pushing the product. You need to do it regularly. Yeah, I thought he was angry, but I realized it was just the Botox that was making this face static. So, <laughs> Yeah, dude, that dude got so much work done. Yeah. He doesn't look human anymore. So I was always a big fan of Jericho, but I, I find it weird now because he's like the old guy who, like, he suddenly got tattoos after he turned forty. It's just kind of weird and like skeezy. Yeah, it's like he's going for that whole Rolling Stone thing where he wants to still be a rock star going into his sixties, and you know, he is like he turned forty and the second half of his life began, and, and it, <laughs> it just so happens that this should have actually been the first half of his life. Right. But, yeah, I mean, these, these layoffs from the ring, I don't know, it's just getting worse and worse. He's, he still performed well, but, yeah, he, he definitely put a few inches on that waist. Yeah. <laughs> and he's got, like, no well, tone. It is the 4th of July, so maybe he pre-game with some hot dogs and burgers before the match, so. Oh, yeah, maybe he maybe he went for a carbo load. <laughs> Try to All fuel right. up. Alright, the next match was the Divas Triple Threat, Tamina versus Nikki Bella versus Paige. Wait, there was a Divas match? <laughs> there was. And the one thing that I will take from it, I didn't really pay too much attention to the match, is that I cannot stand to watch Tamina in the ring at all. She just makes me feel awkward, because like, she's always a step behind in everything she does. And then like, even her entrance, she like got onto the, the turnbuckle. And Nikki's already coming out, and it's like she tried to pose, but nobody gave a shit. And then every time she did a move, it was like she was like a step behind doing everything, so then everyone gets fucked up whenever she was in the ring. Yeah, I mean, her, her finisher, too, is just awkward to watch. I mean, it involves too much elbows and knees on the splash. She doesn't really, <laughs> she doesn't really do it too realistically, and I feel like since we see her wrestle uh, so infrequently... Every time she tries to hit that finisher, it's it's a it's a fail, you know. So uh, yeah, I would agree with you, Rob. I'm not crazy about her her in ring work. 
Now, Robin Anthony, when you look at her, because this is what happens. I see her, and all I think is that her father murdered someone and got away with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about that today. And I'm like, you know, I wonder if she has somebody, like, in her trunk right now, too. Yeah, she does look like someone who's capable of murdering another human being. <laughs> I don't know her personally. I'm just saying, you know, looking at her and just knowing her family history, hey, you know, she... Who knows? She is trying to take after her father. Maybe she went the whole nine yards. Yeah, it's either she did it or she watched it happen. But some, she knows this intimately in some way. <laughs> I mean, for me, I mean, the only thing I really, and this isn't a knock on the women at all because, you know, I think it's cool that they get some TV time. They're clearly not to the level of the NXT women's wrestling. Uh, so I guess that kind of spoils things a little bit. Uh, but other than the Bella bounce, which is, you know, uh, Nikki's thing when she comes in the ring. Why the hell is her finish a fucking Lex Luger forearm? Yeah, what the hell was that? She, like, crushed her with that. <laughs> I felt like it was a mistake when she pinned her, too. You know what? I don't really remember the end of the match, so I can't, I can't, I can't contribute anything here. But what I can say is there was this one spot during the match that I loved and that was the uh, the powerbomb slash superplex. Do you guys remember that? No, no. Yeah, they were they were like all <laughs> they were like all in the corner, and Tamina was going for a powerbomb, and uh, Nikki came in and superplexed Pedro. Uh, it was really cool. It was really cool. We've seen the men do it, but the women did it, and you know it's always nice to see the the women do a move that is primarily executed by men. Yeah, yeah it's like a risky move. Yeah, exactly. I, I thought Nikki's work is getting better. I mean, she can actually somewhat wrestle now as opposed to not being able to wrestle at all. That is yeah, true. She she was just known as the fat Bella before, so now like yeah. you know, she's in good shape and she's contributing with her power offense. I think my problem with her is her Diva's reign just feels like inflated. Like, you know, they're just trying to get her to beat AJ Lee's reign, so we're gonna have to deal with this for another couple of weeks before, you know, someone takes her out. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Alright, so past the Divas match, we went into the main event of the show, primarily since it was titled Beast in the East, and that was Brock Lesnar versus Kofi Kingston. Now, I really thought that Kofi was going to win. I thought he had a shot. <laughs> I, was, I was shocked. I was just absolutely shocked. You know, I, I mean, thought he, that he, he did get significantly more offense than John Cena did at last year's SummerSlam, so... Right. Yeah, he didn't take sixteen German suplexes. Yeah, he only, yeah, he took, only like took like eight. a half dozen. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, See, I mean, he's fine. I mean, you know, he could have wrestled another twenty minutes for crying out loud. <laughs> I was amused that New Day didn't come out with him, so he was just like by himself. I'm like, I would never do that with Brock Lesnar there. I would never just yeah. walk by myself around that man, especially if I knew I was going to be fighting him. Yeah, I thought they were going to call the free bird rule and just have all three of them fight him. I know, and it's it's funny too because Biggie is like three hundred pounds. He's this power lifter that deadlifts like eight hundred pounds. He's ridiculously strong, and yet you know somehow at the end of the match he just got tossed around and completely jobbed to Lesnar. <laughs> and listen, you guys don't have to bite on this. Like we could just completely disregard it. But do you ever find yourself kind of checking out Biggie's rack a little bit? <laughs> Sometimes, yes. Yeah, he's, he's like, I, I don't know, he's got like double D's or something. In there. <laughs> it's very, it makes me very uncomfortable, because I don't know how to feel. 
Like, do you think yeah. he wears a, a man's ear? He has. I don't know. He must get, like, wicked sweat stains under each pack. <laughs> like, a, a total sweat bra on his, every shirt he wears. Like, you know. And do you think Xavier Woods, like, gives him, like, a mid-back massage while he's working on his dissertation? <laughs> so, uh, besides the Lesnar dominating, what, what do you guys think of this match? Um, I, I liked it. You know, it was just, obviously it was just a reason for the fans to see Lesnar. You know, this was ten minutes of work for Lesnar in which he gets paid an exorbitant amount of money, but he did have to travel to Japan for it, so he kind of put in the effort. Uh, Kofi is always athletic, but he didn't really get a chance to show any of that during this match. Like, he was, it was just a complete, it was just a complete jobber fest on him. Yeah, but, I kind of... I kind of wish they didn't do that to Kofi, of all people, because I feel like he's actually, like, something that they can rely on. I don't know who they could have put in that place, but if they had everyone traveling to Japan, like, you know, everyone that's in Japan going to this one show, it's supposed to be a big deal, and Lesnar's in there for, like, eight minutes just tossing people, I mean, that's always a spectacle, but at least give him, like, a real competitor at that point, that he can, like, somebody can fight back, and it'll be believable. So I, I thought it kind of sucked for Kofi. See, I actually took a different stance on this match altogether, and I feel like it was a social commentary match. Because if you notice, the fans were really excited to see, you know, Brock, obviously, he's Brockzilla. And then you have Kofi with his positivity, and the fans seem to get behind him. But it's like, they almost started to feel bad for Kofi that he was getting the shit, you know, sm smacked out of him. And I feel like it shows the cultural differences between, like, the Japanese crowd and the American crowd, where we're so bloodthirsty that, like, we get off on it. But they actually felt bad for the poor bastard. Right, they started cheering for him. I didn't even hear that. Yeah, they actually started getting behind them, and it was just like they felt bad yeah. for the poor guy. I think I just got a tear in my eye thinking of how hurt he must have been. Yeah, yeah, a Kofi chant broke out, and it was pretty loud. <clears throat> was there a new Day Rocks chant? There wasn't a new Day Sucks <laughs> chant, so... I mean, actually, I think they felt the power of your positivity, so... Yeah, they felt the power all the way on the other side of the world, Rob. That's how effective you are. With the time delay, too. Yeah. <laughs> I actually didn't feel like Lesnar got as huge of a pop as he should have. I don't know if it was just, you know, the, the, the camera work or whatever, but when he came out and his music hit, I just didn't, I didn't hear the cheer that I would have expected to hear from them, especially since, like, they're never in Japan. And Lesnar is never, ever in Japan. You know, I thought it would be this crazy pop, but it was like, you know, they cheered, but nothing too crazy. I mean, I think they might have been in awe of human Godzilla approaching them. Yeah, I think what you have is a moment of, like, you know, 10,000 people collectively, like, prairie-dogging it. You know, they have a little bit of fear shit coming out, so... <laughs> a little bit of fear shit, nice. <laughs> yeah, and plus everyone was recording with their phones. I guess you guys are right. <clears throat> Then, well, one one match that did get a really good reaction was uh, the next match, which was the NXT title match with Finn Balor and Kevin Owens. Which yeah, I think we, was... could all, we could all agree that should have been the main event. So, wait, oh, there was definitely. A, wait, there was another match. No, oh, yeah, you missed you missed the snooze fest after it. So, <laughs> all right, well, hour snooze fest. <laughs> holy shit! I didn't even know. All right, well, one one note I had on the NXT title match, other than it being a you know, a fantastic match. I like both guys. I was glad to see they got a good amount of time. They did some really cool stuff. Was the fact that 
Hideo Itami did not stand during this. So, like, they, they cut to the crowd while they were doing the intros, and he was just sitting there. There's an entire arena of people standing around him, and he just sat there with his tie on watching. Made me feel uncomfortable. I'm like, he has no respect for either guy in the ring. That fucking bastard. I mean, maybe his legs were just tired, you know? Uh, I mean, he's jet-lagged, right? This is he must have... He must have had to spend time with his kid, so he must have been like, "Oh fuck, I gotta, I gotta do all this other shit. I'm tired." Since like he left his entire family back there. Well, I'll say this because it's actually would have been the last point I would have made about this match. But I feel like, essentially, what this was was a glorified live event, right? You know, it's all the faces win, everyone goes home happy, that type of thing. But what I liked about this match, it's something that had a built-in story already with Balor and Owens from you know the past couple of weeks. But also, there's this whole. Um, you know, mystery about who attacked Hideo in the parking lot, who injured him. And I feel like in some way they're subtly building towards, you know, in my estimation, I feel like it's going to be Balor is going to be revealed to be the guy who actually took him out of the parking lot. Yeah. And if you think about it, it, this should have been Hideo's moment. You know, he was in the Andre the Giant Battle Royal, and then this would have been the big homecoming for him. He was supposed to be in the number one contenders match that had Balor and uh, Tyler Breeze in it, and then he got injured and he couldn't compete in it. So, like, this really should have been his moment, and I feel like that was uh, one of the missed opportunities where I would have liked to maybe seen that angle brought up a little bit, like why he wasn't standing up and so into it, because it should have been him. That's true. I never even thought about that. Yeah, this is I what agree. happens when you watch something super early in the morning and you don't have to go to work. Like, you'd actually start analyzing shit. <laughs> I agree, but still, like, he's a professional, and, you know, I mean, you, let's say at the Oscars, you know, if you don't win the award, the camera goes to you immediately. You need to be the one standing there cheering and clapping. <laughs> right. and, you know, hey, listen, if I were in his stance, I would be pissed as hell, too, that I'm not in the match. But, hey, you know, that's that's the name of the game, and you have to be professional and... I'm sure he respects both Owens and, and Balor, and, it, and you're right, it did just look disrespectful. I, one, the one piece of disrespectfulness that did happen that I was very amused by was Kevin Owens getting handed flowers and throwing them right into the... Oh, my he's, oh he's such a fantastic scumbag. <laughs> that is incredible. And it's funny because he's like the nicest guy outside the ring, but he plays such a piece of shit in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> he should never be a baby face because, like, he is just the the, the best heel going in the business right now. That he's a steaming pile of like corn filled shit, you know, and it's and it's fucking brilliant. And I personally loved. I don't know if you guys picked up when uh, Michael Cole brought up in the commentary that you know Owens mentioned that he was in Japan for two months before and that he thought the place was a dump. Yeah. <laughs> He was forced to go back, I think they said. He, he said he would never go back, but he was forced to go back to defend his title. Yeah, he wasn't and, feeling the streamers or the flowers. He just wasn't feeling yeah. any of it. So. I mean, I would be the same way. If I get a, a lot of random shit thrown at me and then I get handed flowers right before I'm supposed to wrestle a match, I'm like, what the fuck am I going to do with these things? Might as well throw them into the crowd. Yeah, the one thing I wish, the only thing I would have changed about that is instead of throwing them at the aisle, I would have had him actually throw them at, like, a fan. <laughs> Just throw, launch the bouquet of flowers at, a, at another person in the audience. And just stare at them for a second afterwards. Exactly. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> did, you guys, did you guys see the fan in the audience with the KO shirt and the, uh, the Kevin Owens beard? Oh, my God, yes. Now, was that a fake beard? Or was that, did he grow it out? I was that trying to fake. figure that out. That looked fake. 
It was fake because he took it off at numerous points during the show. He did? <laughs> yeah, he did. There were there were moments where he, like the camera would cut to it and you and you know, he wasn't wearing it anymore. Holy shit, that's amazing. Yeah. And the beard was more impressive than Owens' actual beard. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't take enough care in that beard. It just looks like a like broom bristles, you know, like after you sweep a cat room. Yeah, he's definitely not using his honest Amish beard oil. <laughs> I, uh, well, I don't know about you. I don't know about you guys. I was kind of hoping that Finn Balor would start incorporating Legos into his match. <laughs> <laughs> that would be dangerous. Can you imagine getting thrown on Legos? It's like the most painful thing ever. Like fuck the thumbtacks. Imagine you know taking a superplex onto a thing of Legos. Oh, Jesus Christ! Uh, and let me ask you guys something now with with Balor. Obviously, his his pain when he comes out at these events is like incredible, and it must take forever. So, what do you think happens if he's like in the middle of getting done up, and all of a sudden he has to go to the bathroom? You know, <laughs> now does, does does he just tell the person like, "Hey, listen, I need to go drop a log. Can we like put him in this for a few minutes?" Or, and and then how does it work? Because he can't lean back against anything, so it's. Like, it's like a, it's a very awkward situation. I was just so wait, wondering how... So wait, do you think he actually just stands up on top of the toilet? I think it's more of a squatting situation, yeah. I don't think it's a sitting position. I think it's just a squatting thing, yes. You see, I actually had a theory that something must have happened, and that's why he didn't finish the like, one corner of his head that wasn't painted, <laughs> and his hands weren't painted either, so it was just like really awkward that you just see these like little specks of white coming out of his skin. So maybe he had to you bring up a great point because, like, it's like painting a wall. You know, you can't just, like, paint a little part of it and go back to it a few hours later. Like, you have to do it all in one shot or it's going to yeah. look like shit. So, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if his body acrylic, like, you know, I think they have to do it all in one shot. So I guess he's just, you know, holding it in. I guess. I mean, and, and it's time-consuming. I mean, if you guys remember Batista in his podcast saying that it, when he was doing uh, his movie, it took, like, four hours or something like that to, to get into his makeup. And then another five hours or so to get out of his out of his makeup. So it's you know how does the poor guy warm up for his match if he's just maybe <laughs> getting fucking painted on? I guess when the de- the demon only shows up every once in a while because it's a fucking commitment. So yeah, yes, this is maybe why he, he only does this at specials. Yeah, maybe he has the Homer Simpson makeup gun. He shoots himself <laughs> with it. Now he's ready for a night on the town. <laughs> I will say I'm disappointed it took this long to get a Simpsons reference out of you, too, so... Oh, I said Neighborino in the beginning. Come on. Pay attention. I was so overcome by the power of positivity and nonsense, so... Yes. True, I was busy having an anxiety attack. <laughs> <laughs> well, two other points I want to make about Kevin Owens. One, do you think that he hated Japan so much because he couldn't order his food? Because he looked like he was fucking starving throughout the entire match. He doesn't know the language. He's probably like, shit, I really need some fucking cheeseburgers, and they don't sell them here. Yeah, but he, it's, I imagine it's like America. You just point to the number in the menu, you know? Yeah, but what if you don't know what the hell it says? You need pictures. Yeah, I mean, Balor and Jericho know fucking Japanese. Like, they can't, you know, do them a solid. Well, I mean, but they're baby faces, you know. I, you know, you can't break kayfabe. He can't hang out with them outside. Oh, uh, right. He's on a different you know? bus. I forgot. Yeah, he's gonna need the. Uh, he's gonna need to stick with the heels in Japan. So, you know, I don't know. He probably had cane order food for him or something. 
<laughs> then my other observation on Owens is, well, you know, we were mentioning how he's a fantastic heel. I love the fact that he kept teasing big moves and an ending with headlocks. Oh, he yes. did the fucking the run off the ropes into a chin lock. <laughs> <laughs> and I Maybe. love how... Good. No, I was just going to say, and I love how he took uh, Cena's five moves of doom. Oh, that yes! Was that was amazing. Oh, he does yeah. even better than him. He really does, and I think he gets more response from the crowd. <laughs> I love that he was going for the attitude adjustment, too. Like, he went for it multiple times with the uh, <laughs> you-can't-see-me going on, too. <laughs> Now, if oh, he whipped yeah. out that springboard stunner, that would have been something. <laughs> yeah, so, and the shit-talking during the match was great, too. I, <laughs> you know, he, God, the things that he was saying was just, it was awesome. Then uh, one other observation I had on the match in general is that I really liked the match. One thing that I've disliked so far with both Owens and Balor on NXT is that I feel like they have the same match every single time. Like, if you, you know that Balor's going to do certain things, you know Owens is going to do certain things. But when they, like, they did all their... Sh they got all their shit in, and then afterwards, they just started pulling out this random stuff, like fucking Kevin Owens is pulling out moves from No Mercy from N64, like a sleeper suplex. He's doing fucking swanton bombs with Balor on his back. He's doing, like, all this crazy shit, and, like, now I felt like everyone took it into high gear. But I felt like it didn't last as long as it should have because both of them can really go, and I wish that they would have done that throughout the entire match because they didn't have a sense of urgency until he got to that very end. And I think that it was because it's a, such a different animal of being a like a house show versus a TV show where like there's commercial breaks and you know that this is when you really need to hit your stride. And they they weren't really getting into that until the very very end of the match. But yeah, I thought that was. Yeah, I, I thought that was weird about since it's a live event type match that I like that everything had a clean finish, which was nice. But I felt like this match would have benefited from a little bit more storyline progression, like have John Cena come out and just like you know throw his hat at Owens or something, to like temporarily dis uh, distract him or something like that. I mean, I know it would have cheapened Balor's win a little bit, but since you're building to this U.S. title match that's coming up in a couple of weeks, I'm surprised that other than you know Owens stealing his moves, like there was no other like real reference to it. Yeah, I agree with you, Rob. It uh, it took a long time for the for the story and the match to build, and I think it it was completely clean. I feel like Owens could have employed a little bit more heel tactics into it, like maybe tease a, a chair shot when things started, you know, looking like he couldn't put Balor away, or maybe do like a little bit of a shove Balor into the referee kind of a gig, you know. But then again, he did do a lot of shit-talking during the match and the whole tossing of the flowers thing, so he did look like a monster heel. But he, he could have done a little bit more to really look like a bad guy. Yeah, and then at the end, he walked out before the handshake, which I thought was fantastic as well, because I was going to be pissed off if he shook his hand. Now, did you guys notice that he kicked the flowers on the way back, too? No, I missed it. Oh, I didn't <laughs> yeah. notice that either. As he was walking through the curtain, he gave the flowers a little shit kick, like... <laughs> Oh, nice. Like as if the flowers were Alex Riley. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you know how you know Finn Balor has something going for him? He has what I call like the John Cena sense of timing where like Cena, no matter where he is, when like the certain part in his music hits, when he gets to the chorus, he'll always do the fucking like, you know, the three fingers will go up. Yeah. But Balor, like, he actually waited for when the referee, like, was going to raise his hand, he waited for the crescendo in his music to, like, lift the belt up. 
Yeah, he's got that shit timed perfectly. <laughs> like, you don't think he's gonna? You don't think he's gonna like raise his arms and then he does. Like, <laughs> it's just me. He looks like a fucking grown-up version of Hornswoggle. <laughs> <laughs> and that's no offense. No offense to either Hornswoggle or Finn Balor. I'm just saying. He does look like a grown-up. Hey, listen, Hornswoggle is a former cruiserweight champion, so you're right. I have to dis. I can't disrespect the greats. <laughs> <laughs> Only the greats have been cruiserweight champion: Rey Mysterio, mm-hmm. Hornswoggle, Chavo, Classic. You know. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so now you guys mentioned that there was another match after this. What the hell match oh. was it? <laughs> oh shit! I had I had no idea. Well, it was the fearsome team of... Uh, well, this made a lot of sense from a storyline perspective that you had Kane and Wade Barrett going up against uh, John Cena and Dolph Ziggler. Who's Wade Barrett? I'm sorry, King Barrett. Okay, now I get it. Oh, so so he's no longer doing the whole Bad News Barrett at all? That's completely gone? He's just the king. He's just the king. King Barrett. Just the king. Right. All right. You guys notice how, like, with every king of the ring... Uh, after after the winner has been announced, they go on to this terrible royalty gimmick, and they always yeah. lose. Yes, exactly, and it's just I mean they no longer go on to the main event. You know, it's not like back in the day where you'd win the King of the Ring and you know a few months later you'd be the champion. But it's just you go on to job, and uh, it's just this terrible gimmick where you walk around with a gown and a scepter and just losing matches, and it's awful. See, it could be cool if, like, because, like, think about, like, when Booker T won the King of the Ring, right? He became King Booker, he won the World Heavyweight title, he had, like, a little stable that got formed. Like, it would be cool if something like that happens, but it's just now Barrett's feuding with uh, King R-Truth. Yeah, it's like, give the guy a push already. I mean, he deserves it. You know, he's a great worker, and, uh, God, he's been in the business for a really long time. I think he's earned that push. Yeah, All right, so he's like, what, a five-time Intercontinental Champion that has, like, never actually been pinned to lose the title because he always gets injured or it's, like, a ladder match that he loses the belt. That poor bastard. So he's he's almost caught up with Jericho then, right? Jericho has, like, eight or nine IC titles, right? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, but he also, has some, he also has some WWE championships to go along with it. That's true. He's true. got a little bit more of a legacy. Yeah. All right, I have a serious question for both of you guys, okay? What the fuck is Dolph Ziggler's gimmick? I don't know, but he he actually annoys the shit out of me now. Because when did he become an '80s hair metal guy? He comes out with with guy liner. He's got like Motley Crue fucking logos and stuff like that. He had three yeah. denim vests on. Like, what the hell is going on? That was actually the note that I had was the fact that he was wearing three different jackets, which I think is overkill. And then like, where was Lana too? Aren't they like dating or some shit now? I don't know if they're at that stage though where they're going to be traveling together, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's a he's a great worker, but like at the same time, like I I just kind of gotten tired of him lately. I think also coupled with the fact that you know we read all the behind the scenes stuff, and it's like every time I'm reading about him, it's just him complaining about not getting a push and. You know, oh, I'm I'm so great, and I'm the hardest worker in the ring, and it's like, well, maybe you're not the hardest worker in the ring, and maybe that's why you're not getting the push, or who knows, but you know what, just shut the fuck up and do your job, and, and stop telling me why you're so awesome, because that's, a, that's just going to have the reverse effect on me. Yeah, it's true. 
And on yeah, a side note... Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. No, go ahead, because I was going to break off into a whole different thing. Oh, no, I was too, so I'll let you take was, the first tangent. Well, I was just going to say, as far as him having this new girlfriend in Lana, uh, I just wish it were like it was that easy in real life, where it's like, girl breaks up with her current boyfriend, you just so happen to be like hanging around, and then she just comes out to the ring and kisses you. And then all of a sudden, boom, your boyfriend and girlfriend. You know, like, if only it were that easy. Yeah, this guy is complaining about getting a push, and he just randomly gets a girlfriend on TV that he makes out with all the time in front of her real-life, like, fiancé. Might as well, you know, I think that's a pretty big push. Exactly. <laughs> and not, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to be one of those guys who, like, you know, makes fun of women based on how they look, too. But if you think about it, too, look at where Rusoff started with, you know, having a hot girlfriend, and then he really downgraded with Summer Rae, so... <laughs> I don't even know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> well, you don't have cable, so you don't know. No. I I missed the two last weeks of Raw, so I'm a little behind also. Oh, so just so you guys know, you got Dolph and Lana went on, you know, went on Raw to declare themselves like officially an item, and uh, Rusev came out with Summer Rae, and that's his new side bitch. So. <laughs> nice. I like it because it's realistic. It can happen in real life. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Rusev okay. seems to Rusev seems to be doing pretty well for himself. Yeah, I was gonna say he needs to be hanging out with Rusev because his game's <laughs> pretty strong. So, <laughs> yeah. I gotta stop wasting my time doing these podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> now, based on this match, because it was so long and it was so boring, it made me realize that I think Kane is actually my new favorite wrestler in WWE. Why is that? Okay, let's let's think about this. Okay. He's the director of operations, right? So that means he's making the matches, he's checking the budget, he's keeping an eye on the supplies, he's helping anything that Triple H needs help with, right? That's a full-time job on its, in and of itself. On top of it, he wrestles. So he basically has his suit and tie on, he's doing his job, and then when it comes time to fight, he doesn't even have time to change into his trunks. He just takes the shirt off and he's in his slacks. And not only did he do this on a you know a Japanese tour, but you got to remember Seth Rollins. Well, you guys didn't watch Raw last week, but Seth Rollins gave him a Hawaiian vacation as a as a thank you gift for helping him beat up Brock Lesnar. So for me to travel across the road across the world to have to wrestle and then to have this like stress of knowing that I'm going to be going away for a couple of days on an exotic trip, like I wouldn't be able to perform. And the fact that he actually had a pretty good showing, I think, is commendable. So. And I really want to give a shout-out to Corporate Kane. That was impressive. Yeah, I, I do have a question, though. Do you think that he wears the elbow pads and wrist tape under his suit jacket? I mean, I think just for efficiency purposes, sure. Also man. to make himself look bulkier. Yeah. He's looking pretty swole, though. Like, I think he's doing his DDP yoga. I was going to say, he's, he's looking better than Jericho. And let's also not forget that he's, he's wrestling a full-time schedule, and he's in his mid-40s. I mean, that's Pretty badass. Yeah. And he's, so, like, seven feet tall, so he's, like, supposed to be dying soon anyway. Right. He's got to have some wicked arthritis at this point. <laughs> <laughs> he's popping those uh, Centrum Silvers before the match, so... <laughs> That's it. Advil smoothie right before he goes after the ring. <laughs> Extra ice. Now, the <laughs> other thing, too, that I want to say is that I feel like Finn Balor is going to run into trouble because I, I always found Kane to be the original demon, you know? Yeah. Dude. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> I was feeling the power of positivity there. I forgot. <laughs> I was, was overrun with happiness. Yeah, way to leave me on that ledge, guys. So the point I'm trying to make is that, you know, his whole thing, too, is that at any point he could snap and put the mask on and, you know, the devil's favorite demon could be back. Yeah. I Listen, mean, I, find, I find it more impressive than just painting and crawling around the floor, okay? And I used to love the whole mask and, and hair gimmick. It's just that there's only so much that he could do with that, you know? And it, it, grows, it grows old after a while and... Uh... But Anthony, yeah. the welder's mask, the welder's mask. Yeah, that was pretty cool, but he can't <laughs> wrestle with it, Mike. <laughs> yeah, that's true, that's true. Maybe that's what Finn needs. Maybe he needs a mask, you know, and then he, like, takes the mask off, and then he has the painted face mask. So it's like, you know, it, it just adds extra to the whole to the whole thing. And it will help. It gives you more separation from the hornswoggle thing, too, you know? Right. Exactly. exactly. And if he starts coming out with a mask instead of body paint, we know he had to take a shit before the match. <laughs> <laughs> and when there's no paint on his hands, it's going to be because he washed his hands afterwards. And then he was like, oh! <laughs> Wash the fucking paint right off his hands. So... He must stink. <laughs> <laughs> and he smells like paint and shit. <laughs> no oh, wonder he's nervous. winning matches. <laughs> <laughs> and nervous sweat too. You know that smells different than when you're like you know hot and sweaty. Yeah. So oh, I'll yeah. be I'll be honest. I was joking. I didn't know there was a main event. But what did happen to me while this main event was going on was that I completely forgot that the match was happening. So I was laying in bed this entire event, just sitting there watching it. And as like as soon as this match started, I was like, oh, I'll get up and do other things. And I'm like, wait a minute, I'm supposed to be paying attention to this. And I come back, and I'm, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to rewind or anything. I'm just going to watch from where it is. And I'm like, holy shit, I'm bored. So I left again. And then I came back, and I saw the end of the match. So the only thing that I really got from this match is that I didn't realize that John Cena had enough strength to lift Kane up. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I've seen Cena throwing, you know, Big Show around, throwing Brock Lesnar around. I, I just could not believe that he can pick up Kane. It was, it, was it was impressive to see. Like, you know, I thought it was more impressive when he did it to Viscera. Yeah. Uh, well, John Cena is not actually a human being. I'm, I'm convinced <laughs> of this. Uh, he's just a robot, and so he could probably pick Kane up on his shoulders and then uh, get buried up there along with him. And, uh, hit, you know, hit his finisher on both of them at the same time. Actually, you bring up a good point. Didn't he win a WrestleMania by doing a double AA to Big Show and Edge? Yeah. Uh, well, he he had them both on his shoulders, and then they, they came off. I don't think he actually hit the move, did he? I don't know. Probably not. Uh, I don't know, but having two human beings, one of them being 500 pounds on your back at one time is pretty impressive. But the yeah, fact that... No, I was just gonna say, there's absolutely no way that he's an actual person. I, I just think that he's just constructed by the WWE, and uh, you know they probably have like a whole a whole conveyor belt of Cena's in production, and they just bring him out for a new one for each match. That's it. Yeah, the current uh, Masters of Nonsense theory on this, it's kind of like if you ever seen that movie, The Prestige. It's just like this basement full of Cena's and like you know hyper uh, cryogenic sleep. And they just, like, you know, reactivate one, and that's where he comes with the new T-shirt, the new color scheme. It represents the new upgraded version of Cena. Yeah, it's like John Cena red, and then there's John Cena green. It's like the next proto, the next version of the prototype, you know? 
Yeah, John, right. This is why John Cena, red, white, and blue does like springboard moves now and all that. So perfect. Got to respect so I, Cena though. No, I respect oh, yeah. the hell out of him. I mean, plus I mean, he's like all different versions of him. His matches, by the way, look completely different this past few months than they have in the past. I mean, the the whole feud with Owens has really rejuvenated his career, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, his matches play out like video games now, like when you just soup up the character. Yes. Well, that's because they finally like upgraded technology so far that this John Cena model could be absolutely incredible in the ring. Like yes. I can't wait to I can't wait to use him in the next video game because he's gonna be phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like the new version of Windows came out, and uh, now they can do like a whole bunch of new things with him that they couldn't do before. <clears throat> So I had two quick thoughts about this match. I felt, one, this was a favor to everyone, because how many people do you think really wake up at 5.30 in the morning on a Saturday? So I think they put this match in to let everyone like ease back into sleep. <laughs> and the other thing I thought is that what I understand with Wade, I'm sorry, King Barrett is the whole thing with the bull hammer, right? First of all, he should like change the name of it now that he's King Barrett. I always thought he should call it off with his head or something like that. But... Nice. What I don't get is that he did a cactus elbow to Cena and Ziggler, I think, in this match, you know, the second rope elbow drop, and it didn't finish them, and I feel like the only reason why it didn't work is because he didn't flip the, uh, the elbow pad inside out. Yeah, the, the inside of his pad must be loaded, because that's the only way that his elbow is actually effective. And again, this, <laughs> and this goes back to Luger with his fucking motorcycle arm there, so... yeah. I would love to comment on this, but I was not paying attention at all during the main event. <laughs> Did you have another uh, serial uh, incident? No, I. You know, it was just I started doing other things, and it was on in the background. But I can tell you this much: it was long because I got a lot done. While it, was on. <laughs> it was a good half hour of productivity for me. I, I can't believe they went for a half an hour, but I think that the the whole point of that match was to give the Japanese crowd the WWE match because I felt like everything else was a you know like a little bit everyone like you know moved the bar a little bit higher for every one of their matches throughout the rest of the undercard, and then when they had that one match, like this is what the Japanese fans were paying to see was an actual WWE event, and they got a WWE match. Everything else felt like a like a J Japanese match or a caliber of match that they would really appreciate, and this was just, here's the thing that you couldn't see if you were turning on your TV or if you were attending a show that we normally have in these arenas. Right, and it was a good match. You know, I'm, I'm just joking with you guys. I, I sat through the match. I was mad at you because I had to sit through the match. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was good. It was just for me, like, you know, obviously there was no story behind it, you know, nothing to really keep me involved in it, so that's why I was a little bit bored. Yeah. But, you know, all four guys put on a hell of a show, and uh, I'm sure the crowd loved it. Yeah, and this gave us our sightings. I don't know if you guys noticed uh, the imposter curry man in the crowd, and there was also a uh, imposter Simon Gotch. I saw the Gotch. <laughs> I didn't see the Gotch. I missed the Gotch. Did you, see, did, did you see Curry Man? I did not see Curry Man either. I didn't see Curry Man. I saw Gotch. Did you guys see the four John Cena's standing next to each other? Yeah. <laughs> now, do you think they came together or they just met at the event? I think it was a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> and it just so happens that their seats were right next to each other. 
were they all wearing the same John Cena shirt, or were there different eras of Cena? No, they looked. All four of them looked identical. They were wearing the same uh, baby blue Cena hat and the same baby blue Cena T-shirt. Yeah, either they coordinated that ahead of time, or like something happened where like their clothes got destroyed right on the way into the arena. <laughs> <laughs> this is the, another comment I will make about John Cena: the fact that that fucker wears a fucking headband on his arm is yeah. ridiculous, and then. He t- at the end of the match, he took off his wristbands, and his wrists are, n- like, they they just continue from his forearm into his hand. And they're like, you know, if you look at your hand, you have, like, a little bit of, uh, like, your, your, your wrist goes a little bit in, like, you know, like a normal proportion human being. But it's almost like it's forearm, wrist, and thumb are all at the same level. It's weird because he looks yeah. like a naked cartoon character when he takes that shit off. So Anthony, just so you want to, just so you have a perspective of why I'm not saying anything, when Rob and I went to uh, WrestleMania a couple of years ago, we passed by a truck that had uh, like a John Cena image on it, so it was like super blown up. And the first thing Rob looked, he's like, "Oh, look, it's John Cena." He's like, "Man, look at that vein in his arm. I just like want to bite into it." <laughs> well, no, I didn't say I wanted to bite into it. I said I wanted to cut it and start drinking the blood. No, that's actually that's actually worse. So. I don't. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't think that makes it better at all. <laughs> I was trying to. I was looking out for you here, and you just made it a hell of a lot worse for yourself. So I was so thirsty. That's a little strange. <laughs> so on that note, <laughs> I will end this podcast right now. But if you want to check out some more of our podcasts, you can go to SoundCloud.com and look up Masters of Nonsense. We have our video version of this as well on YouTube. And, uh, yeah, you can check us out Facebook, Instagram, anywhere else. We're all there. So we'll catch you another time.